It's a dreadful ball and Chelsea could be in here with Goff who goes for goal and scores! Finds the back of the net! Henri! What a goal! Inspiration for Arsenal from Thierry Henri! Miller, lovely cushion header for Gerard! Oh, The Ghost Goal Podcast. Welcome back to the Ghost Goal Podcast. I am your host, Andrew Pissarro, in here with the one, the only, Alex Moss. We got Javier Rodwell along for the ride. I'm back. Super Bowl is over. The NFL playoffs are over. My shitty work is still kind of shitty. But here we are, we're here to talk about the other kind of football. Real kind of football. The real kind. The real kind. The world kind of football. Um, the Champions League, gentlemen, it's, it's back, it's here, it's ready to give us the most beautiful thing in the world. And that would be midweek football. I'm ready to, I'm ready to be back in it next season. We'll see, guys. We'll see if either of you can I'm, be back I'm pretty confident. After looking at our fixtures coming up this year, this Europa League run we're going to go on. I can only see us losing maybe one or two more games this year. So, <laughs> <laughs> I, I yeah, you know, you know, we you know, only I have we only have we have United at home, home, Spurs away. That's the only like big six both teams. Are L's. Both and then both are L's. Maybe Javier, Chelsea Javier, in Europa league? league. You are aware that this is a Champions League preview podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm just talking. You know, you're just, out here talking about Arsenal. <laughs> just previewing for the for the people in the midweek in midweek. But yeah, Champions League, Champions League. Let's let's get back to it. If you want to see some real soccer, tune in on Thursday nights for uh, the Europa League. <laughs> We're playing Malmo. Where, uh, you'll have goals. Chelsea goals are playing. Uh, who are you playing again? Some some terrible team. We're playing Malmo. I really, I really need for for the podcast. We really need a Europa League Chelsea- preview podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Record it right after this. Every single we just did it right in now. Yeah, we just did it right now. <laughs> um, no, we need we need Chelsea to play Arsenal in the final, and we need both of you to finish outside of the top four because, <laughs> like, th- like just the level of desperation on like a thir- random Thursday in May between the two of you. Like, I honestly think one of you would kill the other, and I don't know who I don't know who I'm putting my money on yet. So. That's what that's what the people need. Uh, but let's get into it. We got we got eight ties. All allow that to happen if City uh, win the title. Yeah. Well, if, if <laughs> fuck you, Javier. I like I am I am balls hungover right now. Some girl painted my thumbnails at the bar. Right. He's now. not lying. I He's not lying. He's got some beautiful black nails. I woke up in the seventieth right minute of the Liverpool three 0 thrashing of Bournemouth this morning. I gotta rewatch that. I've got like eight hundred pounds of laundry to do. I don't need this kind of energy in my life. Right I'm just, now, okay? I'm just giving you a preview of what's coming, buddy. I hope you're ready to defend Liverpool because there's going to be some, some I'm fun predictions coming. Start preparing your, uh, okay. your, do you your know excuses. How many people, like, do you know how many people have come at Liverpool fans on Twitter all week, and then I've like picked up the torch and been like, "Fuck you guys, we're not that bad." And they're like, "No, no, 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 we don't mean you." But it's like, no, but you mean Liverpool fans. So it's like, what do you want me to do? Am I not supposed to pick up my torch and pit- pitchforks? Am I like supposed to just like lie down and let you insult my fellow fans? Like, pick up, figure it the fuck out, guys. That's all. All I say is, uh, soccer Twitter does not equal or does not. <laughs> It's not the same thing as like regular people out in the street. Like, oh no, she gets way more toxic on soccer Twitter than it ever does when you're having an actual conversation with someone. To quote, to quote, to quote one of my favorite films of all time, Clerks. 
bunch of fucking savages in this town. Let's get right into it. <laughs> First tie on is coming up this Tuesday, the twelfth. Holy shit, it's the twelfth. Uh, AS Roma taking on FC Porto. Um, this is this is a tricky one, gentlemen. Um, AS Roma. I don't know why I'm saying AS Roma as much as I am, but Roma stuck in the uh, in the traditional battle for top four in Serie A. They're up, they're down, they're all over the place. That's a very tight race right now. And then Porto again sneaks into the uh, to the final sixteen. They got piped by Liverpool last year. Um, Get out of here, Andrew! They they came out on top of their group. They're a good team. I'm going to say right off the bat, Porto are winning this. Porto are winning this. Oh yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. I think it's a bad take. I think Andrew and I both have Roma, right? I haven't really decided okay, well, yet. I want to hear I'm going to say Well, now's the time, Andrew. I, look, I think this might be close. Like, I, I do I, – I don't know what to believe with Roma these days. They're up, they're down. Like, they did beat Kievo 3-0 today, but Kievo are a relegation side in Serie A. They're, they come and they go. Um, I, think, I think these two ties are going to be very close, and I think it's going to come down to away goals. But – I'm gonna take Roma in, in like uh, a game and, and a tie that they win solely by away goals. That's that's how I think they're getting it. So I guess all right. So I'm putting Roma. Alex, you said Porto, and Javier is also riding with. So I'm guessing you guys are taking Roma just based off of the admittedly really good run they had to the semifinals last year, and they get end up giving Liverpool a good fight in that uh, second leg, despite being down what like four goals. But I feel like the the spine that made that team successful uh, last year is is it's not completely gone, but it's been irreparably damaged. Where Allison's gone, they've replaced him with Robin Olsen, who's been hit or miss, just like Roma's form. They got rid of Nangolan and Strutman, who went to uh, Inter and Marseille, and uh, Daniel De Rossi's only just come back from an injury that's kept him out most of this season. So. Uh, Jekko's still sort of scoring goals. They still have young, talented players out in the wings, like uh, Sengiz Under and Kloivert and uh, the Saniolo kid that I've been talking to Javier about, who's been really good for them in Serie A, but hasn't played in any of the Champions League games. Uh, it's it's it, it's like an ex- inexperienced, transitional kind of team right now. And I, I feel like Porto are, you know, they're the league leaders. They've won the Portuguese league last year and are still in the lead this year. Pretty much dominated that group that was wide open with uh, Galatasaray, Spartak Moscow or Lokomotiv Moscow, and uh, who else? Schalke. And they topped that group pretty much easily. And it was kind of a tough one to call. So I've, I feel like uh, Porto, without the injuries they had last year in that Liverpool tie, I think they at least win this tie and can go on and give one of the big teams a, a good game in the next round. I don't think that's a bad take, Alex. I, I look at this Roma team and I agree with you. I still think that there are parts of this team that, like, it's it's the reverse opposite of what I'm saying about Liverpool right now, which is, like, everyone's saying Liverpool doesn't have players who have been there before. There are still members of this Roma team that have been there. I feel like, and again, I don't think Roma's going to blow them out of the water. I think this is going to be absolutely nothing like that Liverpool result last year. I think Roma, if Roma can show up and fight for it, that's why I'm taking Roma. Yeah, and I think, I think Roma also, just those young players you mentioned, Alex, I think that, you know, w- when Champions League games come, they're going to try and, like, show shine like that they're good enough to be starting and i feel like roma in cup competitions have been good in the last few years they just have had great records even with underwhelming teams so i've underestimated them in the past few years in the champions league and i'm not going to do it again this year so i think what you said about porto is true but i think that they their best 
performance, like the best they can ever hope to do is is go past the round of 16. And that's what like their goal is every year. But that's the maximum they can do. And that's why, I mean, I just like, like Andrew was saying, the Roma players, a lot of them have, have been there. And even though that spine is gone, they've replaced it with like young, exciting talent. So I don't know. I, I also like a lot of the management and the staff behind Roma. So I think that they are, they're going to be able to squeak this one out. I want to just mention before we move on, just to keep an eye on uh, Porto's young Brazilian center back, Ider Militao. He's, I mean, in the Champions League games I've watched so far this season, he's been like absolutely their best defensive player. And uh, I mean, I've seen Liverpool being linked with him. He's like a 21-year-old who can play anywhere across the back four. Uh, he's he's a really bright young prospect. All right. The... Uh... So that's a, that's the first game that's going on on Tuesday the twelfth. This is most la- was most likely the tie that'll be on Bleacher Report Live, which is an absolute dumpster fire. Don't pay for it. <laughs> um, and the other, <laughs> I'm just telling the people facts here. Uh, the next one is the big one, and that's Manchester United taking on Paris Saint Germain. The first tie is going to be at Old Trafford. Um, now the biggest thing that's going on with PSG, they just lost their first tie in the league which they were previously undefeated, leaving the only uh, undefeated team in European football right now as Juventus. Um, But Neymar is injured again in this time of the year. He's always injured or absent right around the time his his sister has her birthday. I don't know why. I don't know how. I'm a little concerned. I understand he broke that, his um, foot. <laughs> that stepsister porn is really big right now in, in the world. But also, like, also, uh, like, also Andrew, his... That game, they beat the shit. Strasbourg beat the shit out of him. I was watching that game, and like they were just like clobbering him. Like, and like after the game, they basically just said like, "Yeah, we 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 gave Neymar like the treatment, and like the ref really didn't protect him at all, and he ended up getting hurt." So, I mean, it was it was kind of really unfortunate for him that that happened. But what's more concerning to me is that they're playing Danny Alves in the midfield yeah. like every game. Like they're playing they're playing currently as this pod is happening and. Their midfield is Nkunku, Alves, Verratti, Diaby. Let me tell you, boys, I don't like that. Eric Chupo Moatang is starting with Cavani up top. Well, they're resting right? players for that uh, Champions League game. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. They're definitely resting players. That's what it looks like. But they, I mean, it's it's going to be hard. I think, I don't, I don't like this, the way that this PSG team has looked of late. And the way that Tuchel seems to play these weird players in midfield and in the back line and... He likes playing Marquinhos in midfield alongside Danny Alves, which is just bizarre to me. Um, but I would have I would have definitely picked PSG earlier in the season, but I'm I'm definitely leaning uh, toward Manchester United just on current form. But this is really hard. This is this is probably along with the Tottenham Dortmund. I think this is the closest tie. I disagree. Possibly Liverpool Bayern as well, but I disagree. I just think I think right now, based on form, these two teams are really evenly matched, and uh, I don't know who to pick. I really don't. I see. I think there's like the, you're the doing a great job of stalling, United. though. I love I don't it. Know if it's gonna, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if it's gonna. I don't know if it's going to. Right. I, I'm undecided. I'm like trying to convince myself here. You know. So the one X factor for PSG is Leandro Paredes, who was uh, really closely rumored to coming to Chelsea and being sort of like a. A, like a backup to Jorginho, but instead he cho- chose to go to Paris. He's played a few games and he, he looks good, but he doesn't really solve that like base of the midfield defensive problem they have in midfield. He's not really very physical and he's pretty much just like a, uh, a Jorginho clone. Basically he might be a little more mobile and a bit better going forward and then scoring goals, 
but um, he's basically the same player. So they still have that issue where, like you said, Javier, they're trying to fill in with Danny Alves and Marquinhos and players like that. And the, the one positive that the, the Neymar transfer, or not the Neymar transfer, the Neymar injury might have for them uh, was made uh, by uh, a friend of the pod, Nico Morales. I was listening to a pod that he was on the other day, and he was talking about how Neymar's injury might be a blessing in disguise for PSG defensively, because when he's in the lineup, Tuchel has to construct all of these uh, all these ways to like make up for Neymar's lack of like his own pressing high up the field. So he has to bring an extra man from like a deeper area, and it leaves them a bit open. But now that Neymar's not in there, he can just play eleven players who are all like tuned in completely to what like the defensive plan is. And obviously, you you suffer slightly in the attacking part of the field with no Neymar creating for you, but. I think there's a, there's, a, there's still a road here where PSG can overcome like this like tsunami that is Man United at the minute and win with a, like a great performance from uh, Kylian Mbappe and Cavani. I, I still see a scenario where that happens, but you guys both seem to be pretty leaning towards United. I just think United's midfield is is in the best form we've ever seen them. Like these players, we've never seen this type of form from Paul Pogba at United. Like the way he's playing Last year, right now, I think when they got second, there were. No, definitely not. Definitely, definitely not. not. Not even definitely close, not. Alex. What are you talking he, about? Absolutely, he's, <laughs> he's affecting the game. He's scoring goals. I'm just he's saying this is a goals. this is a ten game sample size. Like I know it's a really good ten game sample size, but uh, it's like twelve now. Is it up to twelve? Fine, whatever. Sure. Fine, you're you're yeah. picking it. You're picking at straws. You're picking at straws. I don't. I don't. I'm just saying that Pogba right now is in great form. Um, Part of me thinks United's going to absolutely roll them, but then you you remind me that it's Cavani and Mbappe up top, and I think United's defense is more suspect than we've really had the opportunity to be shown in the Premier League and in FA Cup runs and yada yada whatever United have played. This is going to be the best and most informed front line United have faced off in a while. I know they beat Spurs one nil, but that Spurs team was decimated with injuries. This is the biggest test that United are going to have, and I know they play Liverpool in between the two ties. I'm concerned, like I said, my biggest concern for PSG is how they combat Manchester United's midfield. Can they get the ball to their best players in moments that's going to give them an opportunity to score? And let's not forget that David De Gea is back in good form. That's all I'm saying. Honestly, I, I just that kind of like reminded me. I, I, it's 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 going to be really hard for United to keep out. I, like I, I prefer when they don't have Neymar on the side purely because Mbappe becomes the player that is responsible with like the creative duty and like carrying the team up the field. Whereas when Neymar's in the team, you know he's the one who does that every single time, and it 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 really I mean it does sometimes free up Mbappe on like, the back end. Di Maria too. That those two players usually mm-hmm. step up. Right, and those two are more, more are more freed up. Yeah. And I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm. They did rest a bunch of players today, which, which is why the team looks really weak. And the other thing that that I that I didn't really think of is this is all that PSG play for, right? They yeah. know they win the domestic league all year long. They win it easily. They just lost their first game, but they're still like ten or twelve points ahead. So I feel like they're going to prepare really, really well for this. And they've been watching probably the last few United games, trying to figure out a way to get through it. And Tuchel is supposed to be like a a tactical, you know, like genius. So I'm I'm gonna give it to PSG. Uh, I'm gonna I I do love the way United are playing, but I think United are are gonna actually go for that fourth place in the league. They have a good shot at getting it if they can win some of these big games coming up. I don't think they have any shot in Champions League, and I don't think it's that important for them to get 
in the next round of Champions League. I mean, it would obviously be really good for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, but ultimately they want to like win a trophy like the FA Cup, get get top four. That's more important. So I think for someone like PSG, they're going to be like, hey, if we can get through this, get Neymar back in you know in in March or April or whatever, they think they can win the Champions League. United, that's not what they're looking at. So you're going to say PSG. I'm going to pick. I'm going to say PSG. All right. I'm taking United. Yeah, I'm taking United too because the two games we've seen them play against uh, top sides, the uh, Tottenham one you mentioned, uh, Andrew, and then the uh, Arsenal FA Cup game, they both played mu- – They in both those games, they played much more defensive systems and they were just lethal on the counterattack. I, I think PSG will like assume the responsibility in, in this tie of being the aggressor and United will just hit them on the counter and win. Speaking of Tottenham, they're going to take on Borussia Dortmund on the 13th and on the 5th of March. Not sure how I feel about this one being on TV. It should be on TV, but we all, they are also going against Real Madrid. Uh, the first leg is going to be at Tottenham, and the second leg is going to be at Dortmund. And both teams kind of, uh, I mean, I know Dortmund got a win this week in the Bundesliga, or I'm sorry, in the uh, German League, uh, German Cup, but... Um, the DFB Pokal, as they call it, um, but this is going to be this is going to be dog eat dog absolute warfare. This is going to be a great really one. hampered by injuries. Like, I mean, obviously, all, most of those injuries are Tottenham ones. I think Tottenham they can definitely get like a one nil win at home, and then they need to go to Dortmund and get like a draw. I, I could definitely see that happen. I'm going to pick Tottenham purely because. I think that they've had big results in the Champions League and they've kind of gotten unlucky with matchups they've gotten. And I think this is a team that's probably evenly matched with them. But I think that Kane returning in the second leg and just the, the way that Pochettino's prepared the team in the Champions League the last few seasons, it has me believe that, that they can they can win this. Like It's going to be really hard, but I think Dortmund, are going to, like Manchester United, are going to be focusing on the league and trying to keep their domestic form because they're now in a title race with Bayern. And I don't know how far they're going to go in the Champions League. Of, of course, it's great to go to the next round, but I mean, they, they're a young team. They, they're, I feel like they're going to give it their all here and it's going to be a, like a really good tie. There's probably going to be a lot of goals, but um, I have, yeah, I've got, I've got Tottenham narrowly going through here. The second leg being in Dortmund edges it to Dortmund uh, for me. Uh, I'm a little – the wind's been kind of taken out of my sails for Dortmund just partially just because full-time of their game today, they were up 3-0 at home against Hoffenheim and ended up tying 3-3. Uh, and they had the 3-0 lead in like the 70th minute. They conceded three goals in the last 20 minutes to, to give that up. So it doesn't exactly inspire uh, a lot of confidence, but uh, they still have an eight-point lead. Kind of a weird lineup though, Alex. Kind of a weird lineup. I'm looking at it right now. You had Mario Goetze playing. He's been playing there for a, the better part of the last yeah. like month or two. He's been he's been pretty yeah. good as the false nine, and then they bring uh, Paco Alcacer usually off the bench, and that's where he's had his success uh, for them. So you you also had they had Julian Weigel in their back line today too. Yeah, that's uh, an interesting one. I, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I, yeah, I can't defend playing Julian Weigel at uh, right back too much, but uh, hopefully that's just to rest uh, players for the Champions League game they've got coming up. Uh, I believe in uh, Borussia Dortmund. I, I can see why you would think they would uh, focus more on the uh, the Champions League, or sorry, on, on their domestic league to try and secure that title and end the Bayern Munich uh, dominance. But it's, I keep coming back to the Tottenham injuries. And in this first leg, uh, as... 
I think if Dortmund can get like a goal or two, which I think they're perfectly capable of, uh, with the, the state of Spurs defense right now, they're, they're not, <laughs> they, they don't, uh, shut, shut teams out from, uh, creating chances. So as long as the likes of Sancho coming back to England, uh, for the first time since his, uh, move, and of course, Goza and Marco Royce, who hasn't really made like a huge impact in the Champions League for the last two or three seasons due to injuries. I, I fully expect Dortmund to not like not uh, just focus on the domestic league, and th- I think they have a deep enough squad now with some of the signings they've made last summer that they can sort of balance the two. So uh, I- I'm going to say Dortmund, just because also going to uh, the Wallstadion in the second leg is going to be it's going to be rough for Tottenham in the middle of a really really difficult February and March. I agree with every single thing that Alex just said, uh, and I- also too like. I think this win could give Dortmund the momentum to uh, to pull to step their game up in this the, the you know the the continuing part of the season for the Bundesliga. Um, we talk about this all the time with teams of the Premier League, like a Champions League run can inspire league form. And I think I think uh, again, Tottenham's injuries, everything Alex said, I is is one hundred percent where I'm at. Tottenham injuries, Dortmund's form is still okay. I I. I Think you, I think you could get pretty bad in that second leg at Dortmund. I think you could just see a classic Tottenham collapse in the Champions League. We've seen it so many times where they just get, you know, they they bite off a little bit more than they can chew, and then it all falls apart at at Dortmund. Uh, the the other tie that's going on on the Wednesday the thirteenth and Tuesday the fifth of March. One sec, one sec. I just want to say one more thing about that tie. Uh, I think it's a little bit disrespectful to Tottenham to say that because they are only five points from the top of the table, or they were, I guess, going into this weekend. And they've surprised us with having all these injuries in the league and like a bunch of results that they should have drawn or lost. And they keep winning games. I think like once they get these players back, which is seems to be happening like sooner rather than later, then they're going to be a force to be reckoned with again. And you know, we saw that happen last year, and I don't think it's ch- Tottenham choking time yet. It's not like April. Once it's April, then they're going to choke. But I think calling the choke in like February or like early March might be a bit too early. But we'll see. So the we'll only see. scenario I could see the the Dortmund focusing on the domestic league factor come up is if Tottenham win by like a big margin in the first leg at home, and they go to Dortmund with like a three nil or like a four one lead or something. I think you'd see Dortmund probably rest a few players if they had like a big Bundesliga match uh, like near uh, near that Champions League second leg, and they might like not give it their full one hundred percent to get back into the tie. But otherwise, I think they're they're fully ready to go and try and win this against like a wounded opponent who they probably favored like fancied themselves before all the injuries for Tottenham, and now they definitely fancy themselves. All right, let's go to uh, let's go to the other matchup going on on the 13th and the 5th and that's going to be Real Madrid taking on Ajax. Now, Real Madrid in third place in La Liga right now. Um not the same team that they were. They're obviously on their what second manager of the year with Santiago Solari. Um and Ajax Do you mean that positively or negatively because Real Madrid are unbeaten in their last like 10 or 11 well. games? They- they have including well, a and game at Barcelona, and they're currently—I yeah, think—they're currently leading against uh, Atletico Madrid. I'm away. just saying, Alex, this is not last year's Real Madrid. This is not. Oh yeah, no, they're not winning the Champions League. <laughs> no, like this is this is 
things things are there's a new era at Real Madrid and people forget that. So the Vinicius um, era. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, but they are taking on Ajax, a team with with a lot younger than them, and uh, frankly, a team that a lot of us don't know a lot about because I'm not watching Dutch football on my on my time off. I pay attention to a couple lines, but uh, the biggest news about Ajax this year was that they sold one of their young players for a huge chunk of money to Barcelona who is now going to play in his first uh, his first matchup against their, you know, heated rivals. But how do you guys feel about this one? You, you want to mention his name, Frankie de Jong? I kind of had a moment and I forgot it. I knew who it was. Is it Matthias de Ligt or Frankie de Jong? Which one of yeah, it, which that, one that of was going? Yeah, that was literally the conversation <laughs> that was going on in my head. And it was like one of those two youngsters. But this is a good team. This is a team that went to the Europa League final only a couple of years ago. And there's still parts of that. I mean, most of them are parts yeah, of Yeah, there's that. a couple of players. Their, their goalkeeper, de Ligt, started in that final next to Davinson Sanchez. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that a couple months ago we would have we were all kind of leaning toward Ajax saying oh this Real Madrid team is not doing well at all and Ajax have that as this amazing center back pairing but now that they don't um I think it'll be hard for Ajax to get anything here and I think Real Madrid have a team full of players who've won multiple Champions League so I think their experience will get them through this I think that that first game in uh Amsterdam you know might be hard and Ajax could even win it but then I see that game in Madrid, Real winning, you know, three nil or, or three one or, or something like that, and 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 taking the leg there. So I'm going to give it to Real Madrid. But you know, good on Ajax for getting this far and for you know, maintaining being a selling club, but still staying, you know, being able to get to the, the you know, knockout rounds of the Champions League. So. Yeah, Javier, I was telling you that my upset pick at the end of the group stage was I was pretty confident that Ajax would uh, beat Real, but. Oh, how a month or two at the end of the Champions League group stages can completely change the prospects for teams like Real Madrid and Man United. Uh, it would be kind of legendary if Frankie de Jong beat Real Madrid before he ever put on a Barcelona shirt and <laughs> did Barcelona that, that he would favor. Put so much pressure on himself. Like yeah, I almost like I almost he's don't good. Want that he's to like happen. so like I, Frankie de Jong is one of those players that I think like Kylian Mbappe. Like you. Some people might be like, oh, I'm worried about the early success. Like, what if they can't keep it up? Like, don't worry about them. They're just really good players. They'll just, as long as they're in good teams, they will have success. And that's going to happen for De Jong when he goes to Barcelona. He's a really, really good uh, defensive midfielder who can even play, like, across the back line as well. And he's just great with the ball at his feet, great dribbling ability, and he's developing more of an eye for a pass. So Ajax's performances against Bayern Munich bode well for the uh, Real Madrid game. But, uh, yeah, I agree, Javier. They're... Gareth Bale being rested and like kind of healthy for this one. He looks like he's playing a little bit better. I think he's going to have a field day with uh, uh, Ajax down the down each of the wings. So yeah, I'm going to go Real too. We're all going Madrid. We're all like like shocking news. We're all going Madrid. Uh, at the end of the day, yeah, exactly what you boys both said. There's a bunch of experience there, and um, I, I, I that that second leg is going to be nasty and in, in Madrid. Um, let's go to the next week. Following week, we're going to start, uh, this is games on the 19th and the 13th of February and March, respectively. And the first big one that we're going to take a look at is Olympic Lyonnais traveling to Barcelona. Um, I have a feeling we're all going to pick the same team on this one, kind of like we did on the last one. Well, um, yeah, the first leg's in Lyon and then the second leg's Barca. Yes, yes. No, no, no. But we all picked Madrid. I have a feeling we're all going to pick, take Barcelona. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Lionel Messi's healthy, um... 
it's the round of 16 in the Champions League, and this isn't like a killer club. Uh, Barcelona are going to win this one. Like that, one thing I'll say about Leon, though, like they could make it close, just because they're like they're kind of like the Chelsea of the uh, of uh, uh, Ligue 1 this year, where they are just so inconsistent against worse clubs. But as soon as a big game comes up, like that PSG game that they won last week, they, they show up. They beat Man City earlier in the season and gave them a, a close game in the in, in the home group stage match. Uh, they're, they're perfectly capable of uh, giving Barcelona, like I guess, some headaches. But yeah, Barcelona's definitely going to win this. Yeah, I agree with what you guys said. I mean, I think Barca's going to win too. But watch for Endembele uh, on Leon because that guy's been on fire. Hussein Awar. I think in a in a game like this, you'll see like how good a player is playing against a team that's much better than them. Um, and then you know, Memphis Defy and Musa Dembele are both on form right now, and. Uh, so is Fakir. So I, I, I don't think it's going to be an easy tie for Barcelona because I think defensively they still have problems. And this attacking like threat on the counterattack from Lyon is really, really high because they also have uh, yeah. Maxwell Cornet on the bench. Bertrand. And they just have a ton of a ton of speed on the counterattack. Uh, Bertrand Traore, Memphis Depay, and, and now M- Moussa Dembele gives them like, some size and strength too. So... I, I kind of like Leon, what Leon's bringing to the table, and I think the side's like getting you know better and better. But I, I think Barca will. I think it's going to be kind of close, but I think Barca will take it. And I think I you have to mention your like uh, the same thing that you, you talked about with Dortmund, where the domestic league could become more important to Leon, especially around that second fixture, because they're they're currently in the hunt for the second uh, Champions League place in France. But Lille are having a really good campaign themselves and haven't really had a haven't had European. Uh, football to really contend with so um yeah they've got a fight on their hands in the french league to get back into the champions league next year so they might not be completely 100 percent hell-bent on knocking barcelona out all right and that brings us to uh to a game to a big one to a big one uh you got liverpool taking on some scrub from germany called bayern munich uh, that one There's a lot of a lot of trophies won in this. Uh, in yeah, this a lot of trophies, a lot, a lot of, of European lot, trophies won. A lot of European trophies, a lot of red. Oh man! I, and also, I'm just looking. I looked at you guys were talking about Leon for a minute, and I took a look at Liverpool's schedule. Um, their next game is against Bayern Munich. They just waxed Bournemouth, and they don't have any competition. They don't have anything going on next week, except that. And and they have ten days off again after thrashing Bournemouth three 0 um, and I don't really like that. I honestly would almost rather play next weekend, keep things going. But um, big news coming out of this one is that Virgil Van Dyke is suspended for the first leg due to a card accumulation um, picked up in the last game from the round of uh, from the group stage. And their Liverpool aren't sure about the health of Dayan Lovren. Um, to come in and replace him, which means they may have to play Fabinho at center back against Bayern Munich, which I really don't like. <laughs> However, I counterpoint this with at least the games at Anfield. I would much. Yes. I feel. I feel way more comfortable at playing Fabinho at center back at Anfield, where I think the fan base is going to go absolutely psychotic for this one. Like you saw what they did for Manchester City. This is a team that actually, you know, has won the Champions League and plays well in Europe. So, um Bayern's going to travel well. I think Liverpool fans are are going to get just super excited. They still think the Champions League is something we can win. I believe that it's going to be mayhem. I, I, and I don't know what really to expect from Bayern because they but they're on a little bit of a roll here. I'm I'm going to toss to Alex real quick and get a little thoughts from from him. 
Yeah, I don't know why I thought this, but as recently as like a couple of days ago, I thought the first leg that Van Dyke was going to miss was going to be in Munich. Uh, I don't know why I thought that, but as soon as I did, as soon as I looked up the the dates of everything to fill out the the Google Doc for this for this podcast, I realized that first game's at Anfield, and yeah, f- playing Fabinho in your back line is. Uh, <laughs> Not ideal when you're playing against a, a Bayern Munich team that has looked to get back to the right form, but has tripped up again recently, losing uh, at Bayer Leverkusen three one the other the other week. But I, I was really hardcore on like Bayern were going to win this tie, and I don't know those factors flipping in, in the equation have kind of flipped me to to favoring Liverpool. I, I I was saying to Javier the other day, I think. You could go as far as to say Liverpool are like the third or fourth favorite to win the Champions League this year. Just when you look around, out of a take. When when you look, well, I mean, would you have them above Manchester City just because they beat Man City last year? Yeah, I would. Really? Okay. Um, uh, you well, guys I mean, keep jamming experience, experience, experience down my throat. Well, then I'm. I haven't said experience. Part. I haven't I said experience haven't. at all. You guys got to the final last year. You have experience compared to a lot of these other teams. That's what I'm talking. I'm talking about that. Like Premier League fans have been jamming. Experience, experience, experience winning down my throat as a Liverpool fan. Um, I'm going to flip that onto Manchester City, like, so hard. That's, like, the easiest, like, dumb... Well, Manchester City reached a semifinal before Pep Guardiola was there. So, you know, there's a lot of players in that squad who have been to Champions League semifinals and uh, and played in big uh, trophies and tournaments before. I don't know. I, like, I don't, I don't think I don't think the experience factor is really that much of a factor for any team that you'd consider a favorite. Um but I, I consider Liverpool, if they can get like a 1-2-0 or two nil win at home at Anfield and go into that second leg with Van Dijk restored to the lineup, I think they get a draw in Munich and end up going through like slightly edging it because there's going to be a barrage when you get to Munich. I'm Ooh, going Liverpool though. Yeah, it looks like Manuel Neuer is <sighs> out for the first okay, Oh yeah, yeah. And, and uh by the way, by the way, just a shout out uh Thomas Thomas Muller's Thomas Muller's suspended really for both like for kicking someone in the head in their last uh their game the last game of the group stages. Yeah, good. That I, means Hamas can play because he's been keeping Hamas out of the side. <laughs> well, yeah, but he's played well this year, is what I'm He's thinking. been good. He's been okay, but you know, he's not the most important uh attacking player in in, in their arsenal. They're uh it's been kind of one of the the, the flaws of Nico Kovac's time at uh, Bayern Munich that he hasn't been able to find a way to consistently fit James Rodriguez into his side. And when James plays, they look far more fluid, not only on the counterattack, but when they're building up in these uh, games where they have uh, more possession. He's a far more nuanced player compared to uh, some of the other guys. I mean, he's not starting in the right. league for them right now. And you know what I mean? And he would be, he wouldn't, he can't even play in the Champions League. So Why can't he play in the Champions League? They really think of him. Because he just said he's no. I'm, ta- I'm talking about Hamas. I'm talking about Hamas. No, I know. I'm saying Thomas Muller. He's not starting right now we're, for Bayern Munich. Talking about and he, Columbia you know what I mean. And player. he can't. Yeah, I was talking about Hamas Rodriguez. Uh, talking about like it's good that. Well, I know. Hamas is starting right now. That's that's definitely the part of their best lineup. I think he thinks that that's, you know, their best lineup right now. And Tiago Tiago is back for Bayern Munich. Um, I do like their wingers, Nabri and Komen. They've both been in good form of late. Lewandowski has been kind of just okay. He's been back year. at it in the Bundesliga. Still kind of waiting for him to 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 like reannounce himself and and you know have a big big performance against a big team. So I I mean I do like the way Liverpool are you know top of the table playing well and Bayern you know they're still scrapping scrapping in this title race. 
I think it's going to be a really tough tie. Um, I wanted to give it to Byron too earlier, but seeing Manuel Neuer is not going to be there is is really worrying to me because Sven Ulrich, Ulrich, the return. They're going to score like two or three goals at Anfield. In Remember his, his fuck-ups in, uh, at the Bernabeu in the, in the semifinal last year? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yep, exactly. That's why I'm like, I'm Liverpool can finally profit off some carious moments. Him being in goal. So I, th- I think I'm going to give it to Liverpool too. I was going to go Bayern and I was going to like argue that Bayern were going to win it. But seeing that Neuer's out uh, is, is honestly, honestly, Manuel so. Neuer being out for this tie makes me think that Liverpool could do the Bayern Munich to Bayern Munich and wax them 10 too. First of all, we got healthy today. We, no one wants to talk about how fucking injured we were. Yeah. Uh, we why now them being back is huge. Why now them being back. Why now them and Henderson got pulled out of the West Ham game morning of. No one is talking about that. It came out. James Pierce reported it like a day and a half after the game, and all everyone's talking about is Liverpool bottled the league. Liverpool bottled the league. Liverpool bottled the league. Klopp changed formation that they had planned on day of the the West Ham game. This team just got healthy. Uh, Trent Alexander Arnold came back on in the Bournemouth game and now has ten days off to get healthy. I think that's a huge factor. It, we can beat this team with Trent and with with Andy Robertson at full health. So these next ten days. I think you're only going to bolster Liverpool. I'm getting confident. I do really like uh, Byron's midfield right of Goretzka, Thiago, uh, Hamas. I think that's a that's a really strong. strong midfield. You might not see all three of those could though. Cause a lot you of might see one of those Liverpool. go to the bench. Maybe Hamas actually, and uh, Javi Martinez might play in uh, in midfield. They've been he's been pretty important to them defensively. Maybe if they want to if they want to just keep the game close at Anfield. Yeah. Uh, they might one, do that. one other factor that's I want to mention uh, in Byron's favor is that uh, VAR is being introduced for the knockout rounds of the Champions League. So now Liverpool can't get any more bullshit offside goals like they've been scoring the past couple of weeks and throughout right, this season. All, you know, you guys all, can't get you fault. can't get away it's with that now. Fault. It's not our fault that the Premier League has the worst fucking referees in the world, guys. Like, stop blaming Liverpool. We don't even need good referees. We just need like very basic VAR technology to come into the game right now to stop Liverpool from getting bullshit wins and getting bullshit draws when they should be We're losing only some of these doing games. What the powers above are letting us do. That's what I'm saying. You can't right, and the powers us. above are coming you to coming home to you roost. You can't blame us for taking advantage of like like. If something falls into your lap, you're gonna take advantage of it. Oh, I don't think you should. Uh, like, I don't think you guys should not take advantage of it. But now that there's VAR in the Champions League for uh, the knockout rounds, you know you're not gonna be able to take advantage of it. Hopefully, okay. I mean, uh, if there, if hopefully you are, win fairly this time, Major. It's all I'm saying. But I think you will. I think you still have what it takes. to I go think through. you're just bitter that Liverpool are better than Chelsea this year. But that's fine. Uh, we're all so we're all maybe slightly bitter, but we're all taking Liverpool, right? And that's what's happening. Yeah. Holy shit! I I definitely thought I was going to be the only one preaching for them, but uh, that, this is the. I mean, as as in. recently as a week ago, you would have been, but <laughs> things have changed. Yeah, you were going to be, but now seeing these injuries and just like, just Bayern just losing three one to Leverkusen they got when they're in a title race. Too. Was it wasn't like, really, like a guys? close game. Yeah. I know Leverkusen yeah. are on right fire. Now, Peter Bosch, he's they back. Spanked, they, they scored five goals in the first half in like a, the game right at, after that. So they're playing really, really well Bayern's right now. Bayern's playing right now, by the way. Yeah, um, they're beating Schalke. Yeah, yeah, they are. Uh, who we're going to talk about in just a moment. But I'm going to take a quick detour. Alex and Javier, this is after the taping of the pod. Alex and Javier have since gone away. And uh, I made a phone call to one of my, my former colleagues at SiriusXMFC. A uh, a producer of mine who uh, hand up 
He's a Byron fan. Uh, favorite Byron fan I know. Uh, welcome to the podcast, Nick Ortiz. How are you doing this afternoon? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Uh, I mean, thanks for thanks for picking up the call. Uh, picking up. The, we're, we're trying to have more people on the on the pod. In case you haven't noticed, uh, you now join the ranks of uh, Brian Dunseth and uh, David Mossy of uh, recurring guests on the podcast. So every time I text you that you need to come on, you now have to come on. By the way, just just oh, want wow. to let you know. I'm in, I'm in good company. Yeah, it's company you want to be in. Bayern Munich take on Liverpool in the Champions League. How do you feel about it? Uh, I think one word to describe how I'm feeling is nervous. Yeah, um, I'm a little nervous. Because you look at what Liverpool have been doing in recent weeks and this season, this entire season, and the firepower that they got up top on the wings everywhere. They got depth. They have a world-class goalkeeper, world-class defenders. And then you look at Bayern. Now, you'd expect them to be world-class top to bottom. However, this season, not so much the case. Defensively, I'm, I'm pretty sure everyone knows how shaky they've been defensively. And frankly, Neuer hasn't been Neuer-like. And now he's injured again. So you have the captain, essentially their leader, their best player, not playing, potentially. He's very doubtful. And you have a shaky defense. It just doesn't look like the same Bayern that we've, that we've uh, been accustomed to seeing over the past decade. Um, it's one of those teams now where they take their foot off the pedal as opposed to in the past. They would they would shove four or five goals down your throat and then call it a day. Now it's, oh, we scored once, okay, maybe twice, all right, game's over. But that's not the case. So a lot of the talent in the Bundesliga has caught up to Bayern, and it's shown. So I'm a little nervous. I'm a little nervous. You don't feel like this is the opportunity for Bayern to kind of say, "Hey, we're struggling in the in the Bundesliga. We may not actually win it this year, but and and go hard out on the Champions League." You don't think that there's a possibility of that? I don't think that's the Bayern mentality because their priority is the Bundesliga. Mm. However, having said that, Champions League glory is is the stand like that is the goal for everyone, and I. I'm not throwing the trouble word out there, but that's the ultimate goal. Okay. And so the Bundesliga being the number one priority, that's like the official answer. But, man, I we should definitely push for Champions League over Bundesliga. At this point, you know, we've won it five times, six times in a row. Let's let someone else win and let's focus on, on the Champions League because that's the trophy I long for and many Bayern fans long for. If somebody's going to give it to Liverpool, who's it going to be? Who should I be worried about? I mean, I know there's a lot of answers, and I know there's some obvious ones, but, but you know, sell me here. If someone were to to give it to Liverpool, as in on Bayern? Yes. Like, who to watch out for is what you're asking. Yes, yes. Mm. Who should I be worried about? Because I'm not worried. You know what? Because I'm not worried. You know, you know what? This might be an unpopular choice but i'm gonna go with leon goretzka okay I'm... this man in the center of the park scores goals is excellent going forward and he proves to be pretty dangerous and he's scoring goals like arturo vidal did last year okay which is whom he replaced okay so i'm gonna go with him all right all right so Official, official Nick Ortiz. You can follow him on Twitter at the underscore Nick Ortiz. Um, official Nick Ortiz prediction for this game. 
for this tie, I guess, as the the experts would call it. All right. Uh, man, that's a tough one, Mr. Fasaro, and you know this. Yeah, I know. Because these are two behemoths. monsters in Europe. Yeah, behemoths. I love that word. Thank you. Uh, it's hard not to take Byron on this one, as nervous as I am, because it's just where my heart is. Um, but it's going to be a close one. I'd say after both legs – Byron advances four to three. All right. Oh, close one. Close, close high scoring. A little bit of drama in there. I like that. It has I mean, to be five high scoring. I mean, it will definitely be high scoring. We didn't even we didn't even bring up the fact that we've got you know the best German manager outside of Germany going up against the biggest club in Germany. We didn't talk about that. We didn't talk about how both of us are apparently in for Timo Werner. There's there's players that Liverpool have gone after that Byron have been linked to. There's a lot of there's a lot of go between these two clubs. Um, are we are we bringing the bet from Twitter onto the podcast? Is my next question. Um, I don't see why not. Okay, so uh, Nick and I have decided upon the the usual soccer bet, which I make. Um, and if for those of you who don't know, I, I famously bet uh, Eric Winalda a bottle of tequila on the uh, airwaves of Winalda Talks Football um, over Liverpool Borussia Dortmund about like three years ago. So we are we are doing the usual. Um, you can follow the drama on Twitter at Andrew Pissarro at 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 nick underscore ortiz um thanks for coming on the pod man i really appreciate it of course it's been my pleasure um and so yeah um that i'm gonna throw it back to the regular pod now uh atletico madrid takes on juventus this one's mouthwatering i honestly think this is this is the hardest one to pick for me this one is on the 20th and the 12th um Dear God, if this one is not on television, I'm going to riot. Um, this, oh. you've got. I mean, I would rather see the second leg of this one, though. So yeah. if they're say, showing the first legs of either Schalke or Men, and Men City or Atletico and Juve, I'd rather see the first leg of Men City and then the second leg. Cristiano Ronaldo, they're yeah. definitely showing like both of his games. We'll see. On FS1. It's not FS1, it's TNT. Yeah, TNT took the rights. Don't, don't, don't send the people to the wrong place, please. Yeah. <laughs> TNT, yeah, TNT, and then one of the Spanish channels has the other has the other one. Sometimes we have that at work. I really don't think this is that difficult. I think like this is going to be a pretty easy one for Juventus. I just think that this Atletico side, they've been a little bit underwhelming this season. Like Diego Costa has gone missing. They just picked up Alvaro Morata, which. I mean, I don't think I think that's a completely useless pickup. So. No, Javier, it's going great. We want them doing... to buy him. We want them to exercise the option to buy. Yeah, Javier. I don't think I don't think that they're going to do anything in this fixture. Um, I think that they might get a draw at the uh, Wanda Metropolitana in that first game, and then get spanked in Turin. Juventus are still the only team that haven't lost a game in Europe. So they lost to United. I'm picking them, they lost to United at home, Sorry? didn't they? Yeah. The last second. Uh, oh, I, I in the league. In the yeah, league. yeah, okay. Yeah, they haven't. They haven't. They're the only unbeaten team because right. PSG lost last weekend. So, um, I I just think that this Juventus side have been cruising in the league, and have just I'm sure looking forward to this fixture and are ready to destroy this Atletico side. And I'm, their definitely singular focus is winning the Champions League. They know they can win the league pretty easily. If you've watched that show on Netflix, like the, the they have a killer mentality there where they just expect to win every single game in the league. It's like a joke to them almost. And if they don't, so much, I don't think, I don't think they, they feel like I don't think that's true. Failures. It's like a no, joke. No, no, to it them. is true. 
No, watch did the show. You, watch their show. They, they're so cocky. Like every day, they're just like, we, we should absolutely destroy every single team. Like, and now that Ronaldo's there, I'm guessing they're thinking like, we're gonna win the Champions League this year. Did you like, see? Absolutely. Did you see, so did you see Par- Parma celebrating drawing them last week? Yeah, they went, dude. They came they back went, from three one down in Juventus or in Turin. That was crazy. Gervinho, right. he's back. They, they <laughs> took a team picture like they won the. Arsenal legend Gervinho. Picture like they won the fucking Champions League. Destroyed Chelsea and Liverpool. I mean, Andrew, they're a promoted them. team. It's Gervinho. their first year back up. They're like the wolves of uh, of the Serie A right just, now. Just, I'm just disappointed in Inter and Napoli and everyone else in Serie A for just fucking collapsing and rolling over for Juventus. Andrew, win, like, I, I can't see how you can be when this has literally happened seven years in a row. Like, I know. It's, it's nothing new. It this happens all the time. Sucks. I know. I'm. I'm just disappointed. I, like I'm not. I'm not upset. I'm just disappointed. Um, and I look at this Atletico Madrid team, and I know they're like quote unquote pressuring Barcelona for the league title this year. But like, well, if that's not the most Spurs thing of all fucking time. Like, like we all know Barca's going to win La Liga again. Uh, it, I don't see this Atletico Madrid team getting past Juve. I just don't. And that's unfortunate because we've seen this team be really fun to watch. Well, not actually true. Actually, that's that's very untrue. They've been. A defensive stalwart and made some ties be absolutely disgusting. But I don't know. I have a feeling Paulo Dybala and Cristiano Ronaldo will get things done. I kind of like what Javier said that the draw at the Wanda and just in like a two two nil easy thumping at at is know, two nil a thumping. <laughs> um, I feel like it will be. I feel like you'll they'll just be peppering the, sh- the them all day because you know Abloch's gonna make like saves. You know what I mean? But well, yeah, be, I'm sure he will be called be into action plenty of times. It'll be decisive to you know at at Juventus Stadium. I, 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 so I was just I was just taking offense to Javier's idea that Juventus is just going to easily go past Athletic. I think it's just going to be a really like a really close one. And I think it's going to be a dogfight. Yeah, I mean Atletico, they're finally settling into a lineup that I mean I personally kind of like. the the one The one downside is Alvaro Morata starting next to Griezmann, but before that they were starting uh, Angel Correa as a second striker next to Griezmann and. It really didn't look any any better. They were they were struggling a lot, and obviously Diego Costa hasn't been scoring goals, and that forced them to bring in Morata. Now Morata's playing against his uh, his old team in Juventus, and if you ask any Italian fans, Italian fans are all convinced that he's going to come in and be amazing against Juventus because Italian fans have like this weird superstition that every time a former player plays against you, the first time he comes back and plays against you, he scores. So. Yeah, I mean, the, keep an eye on that. It happens actually kind of like an alarming amount in Syria, but we'll see if it carries over to uh, Champions League. I, I have Juventus winning this one by like like one goal. Like I think it could be like a 1-1 in uh, in Madrid and Juventus come back and win like 2-1 in Turin. So I I've I think it's going to be really, really close. Maybe even, maybe even penalties. I could see it going to penalties as well. These teams really just, they, they like to play defensive and it could be a complete stalemate as a result. I'm I'm down for penalties, but I'm gonna go three one, Juve over both legs. All right, the last one, which is good because my phone's at like eighteen percent right now. Um, Schalke taking on Manchester City, first time the twentieth and the second time the twelfth. Um, there's no way. Schalke are twelfth in the Bundesliga right now. Right, City and are this- gonna City are gonna beat them. It's gonna be a. Uh- it might not be like that, like nine nil they did, but it might be like it might be like a 
a 3-0 at Schalke and then a 5-0 at City. So, like, 8-0 on aggregate. Maybe Schalke get, like, one this goal. Has, like, 3-1 three, three at Schalke and then 5-0 at City. Liverpool-Porto from last year written all over yeah. it. Like yeah, it does. Manchester City just goes to Schalke and slaps their dicks on them. And what a, what a give me gimme for Manchester City though! Like this was by far the easiest team they could have gotten. You can only play the game in front of you, man. Like, like yeah, yeah. But this is this is this favors them. Like I mean, in the outlook going Alex forward, they have two games where Alex they can rest a bunch of players. Me shit about the VAR earlier, but but someone fade up the X Files music right now. Manchester City hasn't gotten a tough cup draw in like the early rounds of anything all year, and they're in the fucking final of the of the Carabao Cup and or the League Cup. I don't even know who fucking sponsors it at all anymore. It's the and, Carabao Cup. They're not going to win that though. Don't worry. Don't worry about that. Oh really? You're, yeah. You, is that a, is that an Alex Moss take to the bank guarantee that no. Manchester City are not going to win the league, the league Cup? Okay. Well, um, we'll let them beat us this weekend so uh, they can keep pushing you guys for the title, and then we'll, they'll let us win the Carabao Cup. So we'll keep them from winning uh, all the cup competitions. <laughs> but okay. yeah, there's there's no way. Like Schalke are ever since the beginning of the season, them and Bayer Leverkusen started the Bundesliga season horribly. We're down in the relegation zone, and pretty much. Uh, Leverkusen fired their manager and brought in someone who tried to get back into Champions League uh, contention, which they have done. But Schalke have pretty much just hit the reset button and decided to bring through all their young players, bring in the new generation. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's they've gone through stretches where they play well in Bundesliga and they've managed to get out of their Champions League group despite having to juggle uh, both things at the same time. But yeah, this is just uh, one or two steps too far for them. Uh, so... Your boy Weston McKinney is going to have a tough time at things. He may he may not touch the ball more than like twenty times the whole game, Andrew. <laughs> Weston McKinney linked to Liverpool last month for a twenty million dollar purchase, and my my bigger question is, well, what are we doing with Marco Grujic and Harry Wilson if this happens? But um, yeah, I, I look get out of here. You would take him over those guys any day. Fuck you, like, yes, an American. With that. I absolutely disagree with that. I don't want an American on my team unless he's ready to be on my team. I could care less that what national team he plays for. Um, also, we need less players flying over the Atlantic. Like, I don't care if Weston McKinney comes to Liverpool. And I've been excited about Marco Grujic for two years. They put in like $7 million to get him out of, out of Serbia. I would like to see that come to fruition a little bit. Um, no, there's there's no way, man. Look, also, this isn't your daddy's Shalk or your grandfather's Shalka, like or not grandfather's. I mean, older brothers. Wow, I hit, I missed on three different generations right there. <laughs> this isn't the team that went to Madrid and did well. Like that team's been sold. So look, this is a Manchester City waxing. Um, Leroy Sané going back yeah. to his uh, old team. <laughs> He's gonna want, probably score against. Gonna them. want to probably kill them. Score against them. Probably score against them. Um, thanks for listening. Really appreciate it. It was great being back on the pod. We got to talk about uh, scheduling and stuff. But um, as you know, I'm Andrew Pissarro. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Andrew Pissarro at asmoss92 at Ghost Gold Pod at Javier Revin Nine. Uh, like, review, subscribe, all on iTunes. Um, I'm doing. Alex and I have to talk. I have a way to get us on Spotify. So. Uh, Wahoo! Yeah. Look, 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 big things coming, potentially. Who, who knows? All right, uh, for all of us here at the Ghost Go Pod. Fire!